Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the 100th episode of Thrower Podcast. Today, we are talking Telegram ICO, Facebook Messenger malware, Peter Thiel, and finally, in our main topic, we're discussing Ethereum year one. Thrower Podcast, starting now. Welcome to Thriller with Car Gonzalez, broadcasting from Austin, Texas, via SoundCloud and supported by listeners like you. It's time for the news. 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 Thriller with Car Gonzalez. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another exciting episode of Thor Podcast. Today's episode 100. I know. I have goosebumps. I literally have goosebumps. I can't believe we finally made it. We made it to 100. Gosh, I remember the old days. But there is no doubt in my mind that I ever think we were going to make it to 100 episodes. I'm not going to lie. I thought we were going to go to 20 and that was going to be it. Sorry, I just had to. It was too too good. It was too good. No, I can't believe we made it to 100 episodes. We really did it. Um, I honestly thought we were like, I seriously thought we were going to make it to like 20 and then it was going to just, people were going to say, hey, we're tired of you talking. Can you stop? (laughs) Or something like that. No, it was was pretty cool. It feels really good. We have 100 episodes of uh, Thriller Podcast. We have 30 episodes of Thriller Coin Talk. We have six or seven episodes of Thriller Convo. And yeah, more is to come. So we're well on our way to building out this thing long term. So it's pretty cool. So uh, yeah, we're at 100 and can't wait to see what the next 100 looks like. So with that, let's go ahead and jump into the news. So first up, uh, Dave Ramsey. I don't know if you guys ever heard of this guy. He's like a it's like a radio uh, talk show host or something. Yeah, I think he's on the AM radio, um, maybe XM radio or satellite radio. Um, I don't know if he has a podcast. He might actually have a podcast now. I would, I would think he'd, he'd probably start put looking at podcasts. Um, anyways, so he had actually got into Bitcoin and he started talking about it on his show. He's supposed to be like this financial guru. So, um, check this out. It's pretty interesting. Yeah, you're an idiot. Absolutely ridiculous. Now, if you want to invest in Bitcoin, I, I think it's dumb. Okay. I think it's dumb. I, I really do. I mean, because I, if you want to put money in there, though, you, because you philosophically believe in the freedom of currencies on the Internet and all this BS that some of you are in. But basically, it comes down to you're trying to get rich quick. And you're investing in a highly speculative, unproven financial product line, currency, cryptocurrency. And there's a high probability you're going to get bit in the butt because of this you're most likely going to lose all your money. Now, will cryptocurrency eventually get its footing and eventually turn into a legitimate currency at some point? Yeah, probably. But I'm not going to tell you to invest in it. You're going to lose your money. I don't tell you to invest in the Iraqi dinar either. You're going to lose your money. I mean, you don't put money in this stuff. It's un. Believable. <laughs> I got a really good chuckle when I saw this. You should check out the video. I won't post it in the show notes just because I don't have enough room in my in my space. <laughs> but anyway, um, you should you should check it out YouTube. It's a hilarious listen to. So he literally goes on for like a ten minute rant talking about how people are idiots for investing in Bitcoin, and uh, it's it's funny because he even says like square peg. He says. I am not, I don't understand this stuff. He literally says, I do not understand this stuff. And, but he says, I would not invest in it. That you will lose your money. It's funny because I haven't lost any money. You only lose money when you sell. That's that old adage, right? But I haven't lost anything. I think I've, the amount that I have now in cryptocurrency is half the amount that I put in. So how am I losing money, Dave? If I put it, okay, if my cryptocurrency is worth, you know, such a big amount, right? But I only put in less than half of what it costs to get that amount. Is that losing money or is that just being financially smart? I don't know. I feel like people his age, um, around the 50 plus year old mark, 
they just uh, don't understand it. And they um, I think they're afraid. I think they're afraid because they have a lot of money in stocks. They have a lot of money in bonds. So they're afraid like that's going to go away. I mean, I would be fearful. Like if I had, I'm sure this guy's a millionaire. So if I had millions of dollars in stocks and bonds and stuff like that, and I didn't have any money in this cryptocurrency, of course, I'm going to be telling everybody it's, it's, a, it's a scam. You're going to lose your money. Don't invest in it. Like, of course, you're going to be saying this stuff because you don't want it to win. Because if it wins, what does it do to your bonds or stocks or any of that stuff? We don't know what it's going to do to it, but I would assume it can't be good. I'm just saying, but I mean, I'm highly biased on this, guys. Yeah, I'm really biased. I'm sure a lot of you guys are as well. I just think it's hilarious that, you know, you don't do any research on something that you just outright call stupid. (laughs) You know, at the very least, like me, I may not understand stocks. I may not understand bonds, but, you know, I will listen to somebody's opinion on it, just like we listened to Dave Ramsey's opinion on it. I don't agree with it, but it's interesting to see what he's thinking. Uh, because he is, quote unquote, a financial guru to mainstream people out there. So, yeah, I don't know, man. Uh, it would be interesting to see if like this time next year, he's like, buy Bitcoin. <laughs> he just like changes his tune to, to Bitcoin. Um, yeah, it would be it, it would be it would be very interesting to go on a show. I'm not going to lie. Uh, with that, let's get into our next piece of news. So we have MasterCard. MasterCard is in the news. And guess what? They say, so the issue is this. First of all, in terms of the stacks on the cross-border volume growth, the cryptocurrency funding or the crypto wallet funding really was 1%. It was 1% that we saw in the fourth quarter, and it was 1% that we saw in the first quarter. What the issue is that a number of banks have decided, in particular in the United States, that they would not allow the usage of cards for this particular funding vehicle, and that's why we have already seen a rel- relatively significant decrease of the volume related to that event. So over the last several months, J.P. Morgan, Chase, Bank of America, Bank of Montreal, Capital One, and City from the U.S. and Canada were among a group of banks to bar cryptocurrency purchases due to the supposed credit risk that results from the price volatility. So furthermore, new restrictions and uncertainty around exchanges have also helped lead to decline in volume, said Chief Executive Officer A.J. Banga. Falling interest levels have also not helped, he continued to say. Right now, there's a little less interest than there was in the latter part of the fourth quarter and the first quarter. That being said, MasterCard is not interested in counting cryptocurrencies as part of its earnings projections. And then he went on to say, we actually said that this is not something we count on because we just don't know how to predict it or we don't even know how to quantify it. Yeah, and this is all in, uh, you know, the crypto card bans that we've been seeing. Honestly, it's one of those things where this is how I see it. And, and like I said, I'm biased on this stuff. If, if they don't get on board, you're going to get left behind. And yes, I, I, under, I totally understand that these are big banks. Like these are big banks, JP Morgan Chase, Bank of America, Bank of Montreal. That's all, that's all fine and dandy. But if they don't get on board with this stuff, they're going to get left behind because the rest of the world is going to continue to use this technology without them. And those banks are going to be replaced I'm just saying, guys, we've seen this happen again. We've seen this happen with the music industry. We've seen this happen with the newspaper industry. We've seen this happen with the, the, the TV movie studio industry. Like we've seen this happen over and over and over again. The Internet will eat your fucking lunch like it just will. And it's coming after banks. And if they don't start adopting this stuff, they're going to. It kind of it kind of reminds me of that they're probably going to do what the kind of movie industry has done, just kind of slow the progress down as much as they can, just like keep putting stops like and all they're doing is just, you know, what Netflix has done to the movie industry the past couple of years is just crazy. Right. They're releasing big movies on, on their platform now. You know, now what we're seeing being released in movie theaters is just pretty much like tentpole titles like, you know, Avengers or something like that. And I think what's going on with the banking industry is that they're just not jumping on board with this stuff. They should. They should use IBM. They should use the seller network to, you know, use the blockchain to, you know, spread out this currency into the rest of the world and use this to transact on. I don't know. It just makes more sense, you know. And I know they don't want to do that because they they make so much money providing very little value to to customers. <laughs> but you know, I don't know, man. I feel like I feel like that whole space is going to change. They're going to have to realize that they work for us and not the other way around. That's just how I see it. 
Next up, we have some pretty big news. And this sucks too, because we had we did a whole podcast episode on it. We were hoping this was going to happen. Telegram cancels plan to launch public ICO due to abundance of funds already raised. So the Wall Street Journal, believe it or not, they're getting into the whole cryptocurrency uh, coverage, which is pretty funny. Um, they have they have said that the initial coin offering has been scrapped. So the fact that the messaging app has raised enough money already through two private ICO rounds was cited as a reason for the decision. So unnamed source told the Wall Street Journal that Telegram had decided not to hold the plan ICO. It was supposed to be released in mid-March. We were all waiting for it. It never got released. This sucks, man. I feel like Pavel kind of Kind of, kind of, you know, I wish he would have just stuck to his guns and did it anyway. I could tell he probably didn't want to do it just because there's this whole kind of regulation thing right now. And it's probably best just to leave, you know, not to just leave a sleeping dog lie, kind of, you know, that saying. But man, this was really going to change everything. Um, it kind of sucks because I feel like if it would have, if it would have been done and handled away, even if they would have blocked off the US from participating, you still could have had an ICO with the rest of the countries in the world. But I guess he didn't want to piss a lot of people off. I don't know. I would have pissed a lot of people off. <laughs> but then again, I'm uh, not a Pavel. Uh, next piece of news is Reddit. So some pretty good news. Reddit co-founder says Ethereum, Ethereum will reach its $15,000 price point this year. So Alexis Onahanahan, co-founder of Reddit, has said that he predicts the price of Ethereum will reach $15,000. He goes on to say this year it's all about blockchain. Most of it is just hype and BS, just like how it was with artificial intelligence and machine learning. Most of the really vital protocol level basic infrastructure around software and blockchain will need to get built out in the next year or two for us to really see the Web 3.0 we're hoping for. These are the types of things I think we will build the foundation on a very different, much better Internet. I just don't know how much further it's going to have to go before we can get there. I know when we went to that Microsoft thing, there was there's they're building you can build out blockchains now in Azure. But um, to the level of complexity, I don't know how far that's going to take, unfortunately. But we're moving in that direction. And I think, you know, with projects like Cardano and uh, EOS, you know, going their way, I think I think as, as he predicted, next two to three years, we could see totally different, you know, decentralized platform. So next up, we have CoinMarketCap, believe it or not. They launched an iOS app in honor of its fifth birthday yesterday. It was pretty cool. You can download it, go to the iOS store or the app store. Um, I don't know if it's on Android, probably not. But if it is, go check it out anyway. It's a pretty nice little app. It's intuitive. Um, I'm still going to stick with Blockfolio, but you can put your coins in there and stuff like that. Um, keep track of it that way. Um, but yeah, pretty cool. Pretty cool that CoinMarketCap did it. I'll probably just play around with it some more. It's pretty neat. I like it. Um, next up we have... <laughs> so if you guys listened to yesterday's podcast, we know that... Uh, I don't know what's the deal with Coindesk lately, but they've just been on a tear, man. They've just been trying to, you know, I guess drop the price of Ethereum. I don't know what they're doing, man. It just feels like they're just blatantly attacking Ethereum lately in the news. And they're doing whatever they can to find news regarding negative anything with Ethereum. So today they came out with another one called I Would Short Ether Before Bitcoin Says Citron's Andrew Left. And it's literally this dude who's an active short seller for Citron Research a nobody who works at a nobody company. <laughs> and he's, he's basically saying that uh, he, he would short Ethereum before he would short Bitcoin. Oh my God, dude. What are you doing, Coindesk? Like, I remember there was a time where Coindesk would actually provide really good news. But as of late, man, I've just, you know, I've just kind of, I don't know, I wouldn't say I've gotten fed up. I've just kind of gotten sour with the fact that uh, they're just... They're just not even trying anymore. <laughs> like they're not even trying to find positive news uh, at this point. It kind of sucks because you know they were a really good, um, they were a really good uh, news site, and I like using them. I still go to them now. But come on, CoinDesk, you got to try a little harder, man. You got to try to make this. You, I mean, report the news, but try to find some good news, man. <laughs> I don't know. I, I feel like I try to pr- promote good news whenever I can because there's enough negative news in the air already. So why am I going to promote the negative news with negative news? I do do have to inform you guys of this just because I wouldn't be doing my job. Um, A new Facebook Messenger malware is targeting crypto users. Now, this is not to scare anybody. 
but it was first exposed in August 2017. Uh, basically, it's malware that's used via a link that a Facebook messenger will send a malicious links. Everybody knows how that works. You'll get a random message from like somebody you don't know, and it'll be a link that's tell you to click on it. You click on it, then it takes you to the site, and then before you know it, you got this SpaceX Warm extension built into my Facebook messenger. Um, so just think about anything that you click on. That's all I would say. Don't be afraid of, um, I, w- I would just say, just be smart. Like if you see, if you get a, if you get an email like me, like me, I get tons of email, um, at my car, at car, at thrillerpodcast.club. I get tons of email. Right. And a lot of it's just blatantly trying to like, you know, rip me off or like trying to get my credentials or anything like that. And um, I just block it. I just spam, 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 spam. And what, I, what I'm probably going to end up having to do is get like a, a, a spam filter, like reflection is one of them that you can use. Um, and then that way it would just it would just automatically kick out all the spam that's coming to hit my mailbox. But at, at some point that's going to have to happen right now. It's not because I'm looking at every email that I see. And if it's not something that I don't know what it is, I won't click on anything. Usually I don't click on email at all. So if there's a link in the, in like the email, I won't click on it. And that's just good practice, right? Because if somebody wants to send you a link, you know, they, they could easily just, they could easily just tell you about it, you know, or you could easily search for it in Google. That's just how I feel. Um, anyways, what I'm trying to get to is just be careful what you click on, especially in email, especially with anything you receive in messenger, any kind of these, you know, Facebook apps. Um, not so much on telegram. I haven't seen anything like that on telegram. Um, next up we have Peter Thiel. So this is big news. This is really big news because this guy is on top of everything when it comes to Silicon Valley. And when it comes to investing, he's the person that I would listen to before I would listen to Dave Ramsey, honestly, I would listen to somebody like Peter Thiel just because he's an actual investor based in San Francisco and he has a startup. And just recently, he's now back in a new startup called Tagomi Systems. And what this what this company is going to do, um, their aim is to solve stems from a fragmented trading environment across global cryptocurrency exchanges, where, for instance, the price of Bitcoin can vary between platforms. So the startup, co-founded by Greg Tussar, the former chief of electronic equities trading at Goldman Sachs, is building a platform that finds the best market to execute large numbers of cryptocurrency trading orders at a specific time. The news comes soon after it was revealed that Founders Fund itself has already moved to invest in Bitcoin. So check this out. So we all know Peter Thiel is like super bullish on Bitcoin. He even reported last year when we, we were talking about it that he argued he argued to critics that the people were underestimating the value of Bitcoin. And he said that ultimately there would only be one digital equivalent to gold. And he thinks Bitcoin is going to be the biggest cryptocurrency of them all. And I think I completely agree with him. I don't see Bitcoin going anywhere. It was the first one. I, I think... I think I think it's going to be the only one. Like I said, I, I do see other coins being right close to it. But I think in in a very short amount of time, I would say by the next halving um, here in 2020, um, we're going to see Bitcoin skyrocket even more. Like I said, I've still predicted it's going to be at fifty thousand dollars this year. This is why I predicted last year. This is where I see it at fifty thousand dollars. A lot of people are saying thirty. Um, I don't I don't see it that I don't see it that I don't see it that low. I, I think it's going to get to forty, fifty thousand dollars, just because there's so many people, and this is why I talk about partnerships all the time. There's so many people building this stuff for Bitcoin, like what he's doing right now with uh, this new investment. That's big. That's big. There's a lot of big whales out there that want to get into Bitcoin, and they feel like that is the safest play. And it seems like the SEC and the government is already in love with Bitcoin. So they're not going to do anything to to scare people away from Bitcoin um, or Litecoin or Bitcoin Cash, it seems, right? So I think those three are super safe. So when Dave Ramsey says something like, you're stupid if you're investing, well, why would the government let, you know, or the United States government let Bitcoin stay? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of one of those things where after a certain point, you got to realize that maybe Bitcoin won't be the cryptocurrency that everybody wants it to be, but maybe it will be the goal that everybody thinks it's going to be. You know what I'm saying? So with that, I think that's all of the news that we have. But let's go ahead and get into our interesting video of the day.
interesting video of the day. All right. So today's interesting video of the day is actually from the Crypto Summit in Los Angeles. Um, as you know, it's been going on this week and there's some interesting stuff coming out there. We are going to have Tim Draper talk to us right now about what he has learned in this recent ICO space. So check this out. It's pretty interesting stuff regarding government and governance. That governments, like industry, are now going to be in a position where they have to compete for their constituents, first at the terrestrial level and then at the virtual level. And when there's that competition, uh, great things happen and they do great things for their constituencies. When you have a monopoly, they get overbearing. Uh, they, they charge a high cost for bad service. And that's what's been going on all across the world. Every government everywhere around the world is charging too much for bad service. And, uh, and now there is this, this new way of governing, at least the virtual part of governing, that can be a competitive field. And I think that's what's really going to be the key. You can actually, and, and a lot of these ICOs are coming out with lots of interesting new ways of, of thinking about how they govern their, their constituents. Um, uh, I guess it started, well, started with Bitcoin. Bitcoin was um, a proof of work uh, system. And then Tezos said, no, you want to do a pr proof of stake. And, uh, and then now there's proof of work, proof of stake. Now there's uh, proof of uh, identity. Uh, there, there are going to be many, many, many different types of governances that I, I believe that will come because of the creativity of the people and the fact that suddenly there is a competitive field here. And so I think that's what's really going to be um, a really dynamic field. We we are looking to invest very heavily in anything blockchain and government and anything uh, blockchain and healthcare. Um, now we'll look at anything. We're looking at vertical takeoff and landing. We'll look at it, anything. But um, but these are two very hot buttons for me because I think that there are enormous industries that really need uh, changing and we got a bigger opportunity to do it. Yeah, he's absolutely right. Like you can, any one of us can go to like go pay a ticket or something or go to the city hall or anything like that here in America. And we could be frustrated as hell, which is trying to do stupid things that you have to fill out stupid forms and get them submitted. And then you have to wait two weeks. It's it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. The amount of paperwork and hula hoops you have to jump through just to just to pay a ticket or to do anything. Get your driver's license renewed. It's dumb. Does it make any sense? It made sense in the 70s. It doesn't make sense anymore. So I think what he's talking about is absolutely true. And I, I hate to say it because I've, I've been to these, like the DMV. There's literally thousands of people there working at these places. And a lot of them aren't doing anything. <laughs> like a lot of them, a lot of their jobs can be replaced by a computer. And it's sad, but it's true, though. It's very sad, but it's true because all of these can be replaced by a computer with our data on the blockchain secured and you know no one would know the wiser honestly i think this is where it's going here in the next 10 20 years i would say you know honestly probably like 30 years but it, it, it it's headed that way and I, I think as we move move forward and move forward eventually everybody's just going to seamlessly move that way it'll take some time but i think he's very smart in investing in these platforms because you know not all of them are going to lose if you can get one of them and if you can get one of those to partner with, you know, the government or something like that, you know, that's why you have like, I don't know if you guys have ever noticed, like when you're paying a ticket, um, you, there'll be a company that you are using their payment processing. And that company is not even it's not owned by the government. It's it's uh, it's shoehorned in, you know, because they probably got lobbied in and they got the contract. So it's it's very much going to become that. I just think that what he's saying is probably true. You know, the government is going to have to start serving it's citizens. And I think that's going to happen. And I think our generation is going to be the one that actually makes that change. I don't think it's going to happen from the generation that's in office right now, unfortunately. But with that, I don't want to get too political. This is not what we do in Thriller Podcast. We are not political. 
We just care about, you know, providing blockchain for everybody around the world, you know? All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into TCR. That's right, Telegram Coin Request. We have a Telegram Coin Request. Coin Request. Coin Request. We have a Telegram Coin Request. Coin Request. Coin Request. We have a Telegram. So today's Telegram coin request is by none other than No Name. <laughs> no Name. He always has Telegram coin requests. I love him. Uh, this one he wants us to look at is Wan Chain. So everybody knows that we've we've I think we've covered Wan Chain last year. Um, so this is not much of a uh, surprise. But yeah, it's currently right now. It's at uh, here. Let's do a refresh one more time. It's at eight dollars and ninety six cents. So it's up eight percent today. It's ranked thirty three in the top one hundred. Um, to say that it has a lot going forward would be an understatement, <laughs> but the only thing that the only negative thing, and you guys know how negative I can be on these, some of these coins. Um, the only negative thing that I have against it is that it's, it just came out this year. It literally just came out in March. Um, so it has a long way to go, but it's been a popular platform. It came out of the, came out of the gate at $4 back in March, and it literally just shot up from there and has doubled already. Um, people are probably taking profits, I would imagine, here anytime soon. Um, but what they are trying to do, they're trying to basically build a cross-chain smart contract platform. And they are connecting the world's digital assets by providing a distributed financial infrastructure. And it sounds very much like every other blockchain out there, right? So they're doing a digital economy, digitization of assets and financial infrastructure. And these are the different scenarios that they're going to try to uh, use applications to to get towards uh, decentralized exchange. They want to do asset management tools, an ICO platform, um, and they want to build it on layers, a WAN chain protocol layer, a cross chain transaction layer, a WAN chain protocol layer as well. That provides private transactions. Um, Sounds cool. Sounds high tech. It sounds like it's going to take some time, though. <laughs> and so a lot of you guys don't know this, but there's other, you know, you know, blockchain um, startups that, you know, that happened, you know, in years past that are trying to create their own blockchain platforms. You guys know my favorite one is Stellar and Ethereum. Those are both blockchain platforms. There's other ones like Zen and EOS and and, and Ryblox, I think is one, Lisk, um, Dragon Chain, Neo. Um, yeah, so there's there's all these there's all these different ones that are that are trying to do this. Now the a lot of them, you know, they have the all of them have their own unique, you know, technical advantages, of course, but everybody knows Ethereum is usually the one that everybody goes to. But at the same time, you know, Ethereum's getting bombarded. And so if you if you release your platform on Ethereum, you're going to be one of thousands, you know, just a drop in the bucket. But if you if you drop your blockchain platform uh, or if, I'm sorry, if you use your if you use a blockchain platform like Stellar, you know, like Mobius, use Stellar and it automatically just caught fire. Right. Um, or if you use Neo or Dragon Chain, you know, or even Wan Chain, like there's dozens of other, you know, blockchain platforms that you could use. So this is where this is where well, this is what Wan Chain is trying to do. They're just trying to be another one of these blockchain platforms. Now, do I think it's it's a good bet at eight dollars ninety six cents? I mean, I like the total supply. The total supply is only two hundred and ten billion Wan coins, right? So it makes sense there. Um, could it be as high as fifty and hundred dollars by the end of the year? Maybe I don't know that for sure, but it's it's one of those where if it's going to be a blockchain platform, then it has its purpose, right? I would just say um, get in at the right time. This is this is going to require some heavy planning, just because if it came out at four bucks and it hasn't dipped yet since March, um, I don't know when people are going to start taking profits. It could it could keep pumping. Don't get me don't get me wrong. It could be, keep pumping here at eight dollars and continue to pump to 15, 20 bucks. It could pump and then automatically sell. Um, but we are already getting to the doubling point if people have bought in at four dollars. So I would imagine it's going to sell any time now. Me personally, I'm not invested in Wanchain, so I don't, I mean it's your money, no name. By all means, I, I feel like I when it comes to blockchain platforms, I've already picked my picked the ones that I love the best. 
Um, it's just because I'm biased, right? So everybody has their own blockchain platforms that they support. Mine are, you know, Ethereum and of course Stellar and, you know, Cardano, of course, when they actually start releasing everything, it, it'll be its own blockchain platform, right? So it's just one of those things you just have to choose. I can't choose that for you, no name, but I will give you the information provided that I just provided. I hope that makes sense. Anyways, this is a good coin. It's a good coin. It's a really good TCR. Um, I give it I give it a thumbs up, but I don't know when you should jump in, though, just because it came out at four dollars and it's at eight ninety six now. I don't know when's a good time to buy in. I, I would I would go to I would go to the Telegram or go to our Discord and talk to Matthew. See if he'll do you a solid and read the charts, because <laughs> if, if Matthew can look at the charts for you, then he can tell you, hey, this is probably the bottom. You might want to jump in here, you know. So that's what that would be my advice. But yeah, I think I think it's a solid coin. If you if you have a lot of money and you're going to buy it, of course, it's a solid coin, especially I think buying any kind of blockchain platform is a solid coin. Right. So you can buy any one of those that I just mentioned right now. If you could buy all of them, that'd be great. You know, but we're not all that rich to buy every single one. So I pick the ones that I think are going to be around the longest, you know, just because I'm I've looked at everything and this is just what my research has told me. Doesn't mean it's right. So just make sure you guys go out and do your own research about everything. Don't just listen to me. Listen to other people named crypto. Now let's jump into our thriller mail time. That's right. Let's do it. Send us your question and Carr will read them on the show via Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, even smoke signals or pigeons. We accept them all, only on Thriller Mail Time. All right, so let's take a look in our Thriller mailbag. So this one is from Ivan, actually, and me and Ivan have have corresponded, you know, over, I don't know, it seems like three months, Ivan, maybe, somewhere around there. Um, but he always asks me, he always will send me questions from now and then, and I, I will answer them as best as I can, um, the fastest, the fastest I can, honestly. Um, but he asks here, hey, Carr, really enjoying the shows lately, and congratulations on 100. Awesome. Thanks, Ivan. Uh, he says, I've noticed you have been focusing on Ethereum lately. Can you expand on what you see happening with Ethereum after the sharding? So that's a really good question, Ivan. Honestly, it really is. I really like hard questions like this because it forces me to do research. And I love doing research about this stuff because honestly, I want to provide you guys the most amount of value for the most amount of time that you have, right, to listen. So sharding, let's let's look this up and let's get the correct definition. You know, I've always read, um, why I pull this up, I've always read that sharding was just going to provide, you know, faster transaction speeds, right? So let's take a look here. So the sharding scaling solution, which Vilek Buterin has created or will be announcing here pretty soon, it says sharding optimizes the Ethereum network by splitting the blockchain into partitions called shards. Sharding allows certain nodes to be assigned to certain shards, allowing the nodes to verify the transactions in a much smoother way. In this way, the nodes will not have to go through the whole transaction history on the network. The main problem for the network to scale is that nodes need to verify all transactions in the blockchain. Well, that makes sense. Yeah, so it, yeah, it's going to speed up the process, of course. This makes sense. Uh, in a large part, because of this, the verification process, Bitcoin is limited to three to seven transactions per second. Ethereum, same thing, seven to 15. However, this poses a question. Are there ways to create a new mechanism where only small subset of nodes verifies each transaction? Uh, the basic idea is based on a concept of dependent fork choice rules. First, there is a proof of stake beacon chain, which is tied to the main chain. Every beacon chain block must specify a recent main chain block, and that beacon chain block being part of the canonical chain block is conditional on the reference main chain block being part of the canonical main chain. So in the past, there were other possible solutions to solve the scalability problem of the Ethereum network. We can mention Plasma, second layer scaling for Ethereum's protocol that aim to reduce the network's congestion. So I like to think this is going to help. This is only going to help Ethereum long term, right? Because we all know Stellar can get 1,000 transactions per second. Now, if Ethereum can only get 7 to 15, that's not, that's not good, right? Because people are building out these decentralized apps on their network. So... I think I think this is going to be good, Ivan. I really do. I don't see why this wouldn't help Ethereum long term. And if they can get this rolled out here pretty soon, man, that's going to that's really going to push everything forward with Ethereum. And I honestly put it as my number one 
crypto this year in our top five of 2018. This this was one that I picked. You know, this is the one that I picked. And I, I still think it's going to get to $7,000. I still do. I know a lot of people think I'm crazy right now because it's currently at 700 bucks, but I think it's going to get to 7K. I really do. And I think it's going to it's going to help. This is going to help because if we can get the transaction speeds up, then Ethereum can start competing with some of these other blockchain platforms that are coming after them that we mentioned in the previous segment. Right. So they have the lead, man. They have the lead and it's theirs to lose, honestly. So if we if we have Microsoft using you know, Ethereum on their Azure platform, right? And you have other companies like Hyperledger. So I don't see why Ethereum can't win long-term. I'm just saying, especially this year. Now it could be, it could be different next year, but I'm saying this year, I don't see why Ethereum can't win this year. As long as they get the transaction speed up, I think they'll be fine. So this will help them. Thanks for that email. I appreciate it, Ivan. And I look forward to many more emails from you. And thank you for wishing us a uh, 100. Um, pretty cool. I'm surprised we got there, honestly. <laughs> Anyways, with that, let's get into coin talk. That's right. Let's do it. It is time. Everything you have been waiting for. Right, it's time for Thriller Coin Talk, one of my favorite, absolute favorite parts of my day. I'm not gonna lie, it's my favorite part of the day. It just is. Get off my back. Get off my back, like Dave Ramsey. Get off my back. We have a couple things to bring up today. Of course, I'm gonna bring up the iTunes reviews. Come on, guys. Let's get a new show. Let's get a new show going. Let's get, man, we could get to 2,000 episodes if we get five days a week. So let's get a new show going. Please, everybody, if you haven't already, do a uh, review on iTunes. I would very much appreciate it. If you don't have an iPhone, that's cool. Download iTunes. <laughs> no, don't download iTunes. But no, leave a review wherever you can. I would really appreciate it. Um, yeah, please. Next thing we got to discuss is our 100th episode. So this has been a whirlwind of a year. 2018 has been just crazy for Thriller Podcasts. It really has. Um, we've we've had a lot of accomplishments this year. It's no time to look back, though. I don't like looking back. I don't like looking to the past. I like looking forward. What do we have planned up for the next 100? Well, guys, like honestly, I wanna I wanna build out this next new show. That's what I want to do for the next 100, right? I want to bet out another show. Um, I think that'll help. I also want to build out another show for people that really don't know anything about blockchain technology. And I mean that like, like think of your, your mom or think of like, uh, your grandma who don't know, who doesn't know anything about crypto. I want to make a show for them too, as well. And, uh, that I'm hoping to release here, um, pretty soon. Next thing I want to do is I want to thank everyone from our Patreon um, we have we have uh, a lot of patrons who have stayed. Some have left, and I totally understand since we've gone down to three a week. But it's because I have to study. But uh, you know, I'm totally grateful that you were even a patron to begin with. So I appreciate that. Um, but a lot of people, you know, even the people who have left, even the people that have stayed, I thank you guys so much for backing Thriller Podcast. Like most people don't even know, but you know, this entire show is run independently um, by me. And with the help of my wife, she actually helps out a lot, too. Um, and uh, just want to say that I appreciate every single one of you who has donated to through our podcast via Patreon. Like that has been awesome. I really appreciate that. I also appreciate a lot of you because there's a lot of you, too, as well, who has who has sent me Ethereum or Bitcoin in the past. You know, like that doesn't go unnoticed. I really appreciate that. Like I know that's like crypto that you earned and that you sold and bought, and then you, you're sending me some. That's too cool. That's too cool. I can't, words can express, you know, how much that means to me. Um, yeah, everything that you guys are donating is going right back into Thriller Podcast. Um, and then I'm covering the difference on it, you know, until we break even. So yeah, we, we're totally independent right now. I'm working my hardest to find a sponsor for, um, for Amsterdam. I'm hoping, I'm hoping, 
hoping they come through. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. If not, we might have to take a boat <laughs> to, to the Netherlands, like, like Vikings or something. I don't know. Um, but yeah, yeah. It, I just want to thank every single one of you, like from the, from the bottomness of my heart. Thank you so much for backing through a podcast, you know, for the past year. Uh, or for how long have we had our Patreon? For a year already, I think. Somewhere around there. Um, thank you so much. Really appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, thank you for that. And then um, thank you to the rest of y'all who listen, who just got into Thriller Podcast this year. You know, you're picking a good podcast to listen to. Um, what can I say? Um, and also want to thank a special shout out to Matthew at our Telegram and Discord. And that guy does a lot. He really does. And I really appreciate you, Matthew. Thank you so much for, you know, you know, just doing everything that you do, helping people, you know, you know, that's, uh, it's pretty awesome that you do that. I really appreciate you so much. Um, and, uh, what else do we have to do? I think, I think that's it. I think that's all we, those are the, those are the things I wanted to cover before we get into the main topic, right? Before we get into the main topic, before we get into everything else. Um, oh, that's one other thing I need to mention. So Zamped yesterday had, um, had a TCR on um, Digibyte, and guess what? I found a I found a podcast Zamp for you. Um, there, I'll put it. I'll put a link in the show notes. But there's a podcast where the founder of Digibyte actually talks about Digibyte and what they have going on. So apparently, they revived this this ancient crypto, <laughs> 2014. Uh, but you know this crypto, you know and. Um, he did a whole podcast with Bitcoin.com and you should check it out. Zamped. I put a link in the show notes so that way you can check it out. Um, I listened to a little bit of it. It's pretty interesting. Um, so yeah, check that out. Uh, another thing I want to mention that um, the, the Blockchain Expo in Amsterdam, I put a link in the show notes as well. And the Blockchain and Decentralized Tech Super Summit, I put a link in that as well too. Oh, I forgot to mention, I think the other day, I forgot to mention that there's 10% off discount code that you can use. Don't worry, um, we're not getting any kickback from that. So this is strictly the, because the, we're we're going to be covering that event for the Super Summit. So uh, Sonny there, he sent us a discount code for our listeners. So he said, tell it through our army, they can save 10% if they go to the Super Summit and yeah, so this just that's just something that he's offering for free. It's not some kind of like um, I don't know. I don't even know how they do that. Uh, we don't get a kickback for it or anything. I wish we did, but we don't. Um, and then, um, but yeah, if you guys are going to head to head to either one of those events, I'll be there. If you guys want to join, we can do like a you know like a round table or something. It'd be cool. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. I think that is it. Nothing else to cover, right? Yeah, nothing else to cover. Okay, with that. Let's get into our disclaimer. Why do you have a disclaimer for a car? Because we have to have a disclaimer, right? Because people like Dave Ramsey, <laughs> people like Dave Ramsey thinks, thinks we're idiots. And uh, we got to be idiot proof, right? So we have to have a disclaimer because we're idiots, right, Dave Ramsey? <laughs> All right, let's do it. Our disclaimer starting now. Remember, Thriller Podcast does not give financial advice. He cannot tell the future, even if he thinks he can. He is just some dude, trying to save the world one Satoshi at a time. Yeah, Dave Ramsey. I don't know, man. I feel like I feel like I think I just started a thriller army war with Dave Ramsey. <laughs> totally by accident. Totally by accident. I'm sure he's a sweet guy. I'm sure I sure I get along with him. But uh, I don't know, man. Just these comments and investing it in Bitcoin. <laughs> you know, just comments like that. They're just hilarious. Okay, let's get into the coin market cap. So we have Bitcoin today at $9,249. Bitcoin. <laughs> uh, it's up 2%. Um, yeah, man, this is, I'm not worried about Bitcoin anymore, man. This is, this is going to be just fine. We are going to be just fine. Don't worry. There's so much money that's coming into Bitcoin this month. It's, uh, it's unquantifiable. I'm just saying. Got Ethereum at 713. It's up 6%. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. 
Um, we got Ripple at $0.86. Cents. Uh, we got Bitcoin Cash at $1,500. Man, Bitcoin Cash is pumping. It's up 13%. This is why I say, this is why I say hold a little bit of both. Hold a little bit of both. We got EOS, EOS at $18.92. Kind of at a stalemate right now. We got Cardano at $0.38, cents, up 7.3%. A lot of people are happy that we're going to be able to start staking our Cardano. That's cool. So that's going to be cool when they release the test net. We got Litecoin at 153, up 4%. We got Stellar at $0.43, cents. Eh, down $0.02. Cents. Got IOTA at $2.34, up 18%. You know, this is what, this is pretty funny because didn't we just say a couple weeks ago when we were talking to Ken, I was like, man, IOTA is just one of those where I'm going to be kicking myself when I when I see it make its run because we know it's it's going to get up, right? Yeah, it looks like it's making its run. We got Tron at uh, $8, or I'm sorry, not $8. What am I thinking? <laughs> no, if it was $8, we would be. One more time, feeling so free. We're gonna celebrate, celebrate and so free. One more time. No, it's just eight cents. <laughs> It's just eight cents. Oh, it looks like it's gonna cross nine cents. There we go. Uh, we got Neo at eighty-five dollars. I hope no one. I, honestly, I hope no one got in a wreck when I said that. Gosh, man, that'd be that'd be. I would feel like shit, man. I'd feel like shit now. Now I'm debating whether to cut it now. Now should I cut that part? Now I'm just gonna leave it in. I'm gonna leave it in. Hopefully, no one got hurt when they heard eight dollars. We got Dash at $485. We got NEM at $0.42. Cents. We got VeChain at $4.85. We got Ethereum Classic, $22, bucks, up 4%. Thank you very much. We got Qtum, $22. Bucks. Whoa, whoa, Qtum. So we'll slow your horses there. Qtum, what are you doing? Wow, so it's edging up, man. Qtum is making some moves. I've been watching you, Qtum, and sneaking in there. Got Oh My's Go at $17 at 4%, up 4%. Yeah, oh my go. Icon at $4.44. We got Lisk at $14. Bitcoin gold at 76 bucks. Man, finally my Bitcoin gold is, <laughs> is making some money. It's up 7%. We got Verge at 7 cents, down 4%. Dang, Verge. Taking a hit, bro. Taking a hit, bro. Yeah, no, I'm not I'm not worried about Verge. It's one of those. I'm just I'm just hodling. I'm just hodling. I'm just hodling, cruising, waiting. Waiting, just waiting. Got Bitcoin at uh, six tenths of a cent, up twenty one percent. Oh man, I wonder if I should start mining again. Got Zcash, two ninety six. We got Ontology at ten dollars, up sixteen percent. Nice. Got Steam at four bucks. Whoa, look at you, Steam. Got Wanchain at nine dollars and twelve cents. It's up ten percent today. Uh, we got Bitcoin Private at thirty nine dollars. Actually, has gone up since Red Crate has left. <laughs> we got Waves at seven dollars and thirty eight cents. We got uh, R Chain at a dollar eighty eight. We got Golem. Whoa, dude! So Golem, Golem has gone up thirty seven percent. It's up to seventy seven cents. Wow. We knew this was gonna happen. We just didn't know it was gonna happen right now jesus golem man if i know there are a lot of y'all that are holding golem right now that's skyrocketing nice good good job if you guys were hodling golem during those tough months because man there are some dark days <laughs> i remember seeing golem you know at 25 24 cents and thinking oh this is not looking good man that's awesome it's at 77 cents now it's up 37 percent hats off to you golem we got dogecoin at five tenths of a cent we got Decreed at $80. Nice. We got Status at $0.16. Cents. We got IO Stoken at $0.06. Cents. We got Mixin at $1,296. Jesus. We got Bat down 3% today at $0.49. Cents. We got Digibyte at $0.04, cents, up 9%. Um, yeah, I think we have Substratum at $0.82. Cents. Dang, Wakiki Chain is at $2.23, up 22%. That's a new one in the top 100. We got Redcoin at one penny. Oh my God, I can't believe people are still buying Redcoin. Seriously, I hope none of my listeners are buying Redcoin right now. If you're buying Redcoin, bad, 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 bad. Yeah, because if you're buying if you're buying Redcoin right now, it's because somebody's shoveling shit your way and you're eating it up so don't i'm telling you if you bought at a penny gosh may the lord be with you i don't know what else to say i don't know man because man i've seen so many people get burned by red coin it's not even funny 
I hope no one's I hope no one has bought Redcoin. Gosh. Oh my god. That's just oh it's awful seeing that happen because you know this is just a yearly pump and dump that Redcoin does. It's gonna do another one here in the fall, so just wait for that too. Um, they got ethos at three dollars and fifty one cents. I don't mind. It, I don't mean to sound bitter. I'm just saying like it's it's just sad because it's not a, it doesn't do anything. We got fusion at eight dollars and sixty three cents. We got factum at twenty nine dollars. We got Bancor at four dollars and eighty six cents. Yeah, I'm biased on Redcoin by the way. If you guys haven't noticed yet, we got Funfair at five cents. Man, Funfair has done pretty good. Power Ledger at fifty seven cents, and Request Network still at the one hundred spot at twenty eight cents. That's pretty much the coin market cap today. Pretty cool. Pretty cool. It's interesting to see Golem take a big jump today. I wonder if it could stay at a dollar. wonder if it can get to a dollar. Maybe 88 cents. We'll see. Interesting. Good on you, Golem. Good on you, Golem. That's pretty cool. 645 million market cap now. Cool. We should, we should definitely see it here. Climb up the ranks. Probably going to break into the... Uh, it's already broke the top 50. Now we need to see if it can break the top 25. Look out, everybody. Golem is coming for you. Yeah, pretty interesting. We have... Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty nice coin day. And our total... Total coin market cap today is $439 billion. What was it at yesterday? 412 Told you. I told you it rises... It rises in May, and we're only two days in. We're already at four hundred thirty-nine billion. I think we're at three ninety three ninety-two on Monday, something like that, somewhere around there. Forty billion, two days. I'm telling you, May is the month to cash out. This is when you want to make some money. Is in May, so by the end of May. A lot of us should be cashing out. I know I am going to be cashing out some crypto at the end of May because I expect to buy back in on the dip in June, right? So with that, let's get into our main topic. Today, we are discussing Ethereum year one. Now, I know a lot of you are wondering, hey, Car, you did a Bitcoin year one. Why not do a Bitcoin year two? I kind of want, I want to do these, but I want to do these in succession. So I want to do an Ethereum year one. I think this is important. You know, that we kind of go on a timeline here. We have the rest of the we have the rest of our lives <laughs> to, to keep talking about this. But I think this this is a crucial year for Ethereum year one because it shows how Vitalik actually how he came to this idea of Ethereum and then actually surplanted it and made it come made it be born. Pretty cool. So let's get into it now in our main topic.
Let's dive into Ethereum, year one. To understand Ethereum, you have to look at its history. Ethereum was initially described in a white paper by Vitalik Buterin a programmer involved with Bitcoin Magazine in late 2013. Buterin had argued that Bitcoin needed a scripting language for application development. But failing to gain agreement, he proposed development of a new platform with a more general scripting language. At the time of the public announcement in January 2014, the core Ethereum team was Buterin, Mihai Alaisi, Anthony Delori and Charles Hoskinson. Formal development of the Ethereum software project began in early 2014. Development was funded by an online public crowd sale during July and August of 2014, with the participants buying the Ethereum value token with another digital currency, Bitcoin. While there was early praise for the technical innovations of Ethereum, questions were also raised about its security and its scalability. Now, I was able to find a very interesting clip of Vitalik talking to a journalist in 2013, right before he made Ethereum. Sure. Uh, my name is Vit- Vitalik Buterin. I uh, write, write for the Bitcoin magazine. I've been doing that for two years. I've also been uh, more recently get, uh, getting into Bitcoin development. I work work with Mihai on uh, both the magazine and on this new, pro- this new project called Igora, which is sort of like a marketplace for Bitcoin, kind of, kind of like eBay, but plus a whole load of social networking, plus cryptocurrencies and other cool stuff. And just okay. now, working, working on mul- multi-signature transactions. So basically, split halfway between writing and development at this point. And what, what drew you into Bitcoin? Really, it was just... Well, I first, I first saw Bitcoin at some point in March 2011. I started, started writing for it pretty much immediately, but, but it, took, it took me a while for the, for the whole thing to sort of sink in. But once it did, I think it's really the fact that it sort of, Bitcoin really brings takes all, all of my various interests into things like uh, math, com- uh, computer science, economics, just a, a, a little politics, and it sort of br- brings them all together into this uh, into this one huge convergence. It's just every, Bitcoin is sort of it's the omega. It's everything at the same time. Buterin first described Ethereum in a white paper in 2013. Buterin argued that Bitcoin needed a scripting language for application development, but when he failed to gain agreement, he proposed development of a new platform with a more general scripting language. About the Ethereum project, Buterin has said, I am truly grateful to have the opportunity to work in such an interesting and interdisciplinary area of industry, where I have the chance to interact with cryptographers, mathematicians, economists, all prominent in their fields to help build software and tools that already affect tens of thousands of people around the world and to work on advanced problems in computer science, economics, and philosophy every week. Ethereum was built to be a sort of 
new and improved version of Bitcoin and to do things that Bitcoin couldn't do. The original aim with Ethereum was to create not just a decentralized money, but essentially a decentralized global computer that could do computational problems. Ethereum has its own currency, Ether. The Ether, though, are really there to serve as sort of gas for the computations that are going on on this network of computers that are running Ethereum. Many were worried at the time that Ethereum would face several challenges. The blockchain would grow too quickly, people thought, after it gained widespread use. Buterin thought the team can tackle this problem, but wouldn't know for sure until the network was in action. Security is another big concern. Those were just two reasons why the team launched a test network before rolling out the real thing. It won't be the official network, Buterin said, and the transactions won't carry over. It will likely be quite buggy and fail a lot at first. original reason why it likes the name is that Ether is this uh, sort of thing that, you know, scientists were hypothesizing about in the 19th century where people were thinking sound waves travel through air, uh, water waves travel through water, so what, what do light waves travel through? And they hypothesized this existence of a medium that kind of permeates the entire universe that's uh, in that itself is kind of invisible, but it provides this kind of global reference frame and it is in some sense, you know, sort of base layer that the universe runs on. And I actually felt that was a kind of fitting analogy for what I wanted to do. At the end of the day, it's this kind of fabric for what, some, what you could almost describe as being a kind of new internet infrastructure. I think Vitalik knows what, that he's building a giant, globally distributed, reprogrammable supercomputer on a scale that mankind has never seen before. And he's doing it through a mechanism which initially supports this concept of smart contracts and issues a token just like Bitcoin, so there's value being created by the mining that we're doing. But the biggest difference is that Ethereum produces mines that are reprogrammable to tasks that we don't necessarily know what they're gonna, that they're gonna do yet. One of the highest ambitions of Ethereum from the beginning was that you would actually be able to program the functioning of entire corporations into this global computer. And you would have not just a decentralized currency, but a decentralized company. And that's Ethereum, year one. Yeah, it's a, it's a really interesting project. It was, uh, it's interesting how uh, Vitalik uh, was able to go from a writer to a coder and then to a developer uh, and then creating such a magnificent platform like Ethereum. Um, it's very inspiring, very inspiring, I must say. Um, we all know he, he is a cut above, though. Uh, he is a genius. Um, I, I believe when I was doing research, I found that his IQ is very high, like really high. Um, again, I don't know if that's for fact, but just hearing him talk about this stuff, you can kind of tell. And another thing I noticed about Vitalik is uh, he has this uh, sensibility of uh, general love and caring about the project that he's working on, which is cool. With that, let's get on to the end of the show.
You know, what I learned today was that we can always strive to do more. When you think that you're giving everything you can, you can always give a little bit more. Um, it's amazing to me that Vitalik was able to do all of what he did in a short amount of time. It's inspiring as hell. I want to thank everyone for listening to 100 episodes of Thorough Podcast. I want to say that we are going to try to strive to do more this year. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Now go out there and buy Bitcoin and save the fucking world. This is the end of the show. You have been listening to Thorough Podcast with Car Gonzalez. Remember, Thorough Podcast is not financial advice. Everything Car said likely won't come true. It is up to you.